My name is Ian Campbell McKenna, and in this Procurement in 5 Minutes, I promise to tackle some of the biggest challenges and also answer the questions that our profession and our industry face on a day-to-day basis. In today's Procurement in 5 Minutes, I am delighted to be joined by Kate Lovejoy, the CPO of Global Sourcing at Genpack. Before I formally introduce our guest today, I'm sure we're all well aware that for many organisations, indirect procurement is a source of tremendous untapped value. Still, it's typically really isn't fully managed by a single function or a business owner, and it's frequently overlooked as a non-core spend. Now, as a result, outsourcing can really sound like an appealing option, Kate Lovejoy discusses whether outsourcing your indirect procurement is viable and what key strategic points should you consider beforehand, which in turn makes her a perfect guest to answer the question, when does it make sense to outsource indirect procurement? Hi Kate, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, lovely to be here. Absolute pleasure. I know we've been talking about this behind the scenes, but for the listeners out there, when does it make sense to outsource indirect procurement? Good question. So I guess the short context to this is I've worked on both the industry side and on the consulting side now for about five and a half, nearly six years. And so I've met a broad section of clients that have done that wholly, they've done it partially. I think the reality is that clients tend to think about outsourcing, particularly for indirect, because they see that as it being the more straightforward part of procurement. And the benefits are that you can actually free up your own resources to actually focus on looking at higher value engagements with the business. So I think from the existing team's perspective, they shouldn't see it as a threat. They should see it as an opportunity to actually spend more time with their stakeholders, spend more time with their suppliers and really get into some interesting conversations around innovation, new ways of working and exploring other efficiencies. Because the reality is most procurement teams, if they're well established, a lot of the low-hanging fruit's gone, right? You know, the business of procurement isn't about unit price anymore. It's about how do you build strategic relationships and how do you drive value end-to-end? And sometimes for some suppliers, it's because they need the business to behave in a different way. They need to consume that service in a different way to allow greater economies of scale. I think most procurement teams in-house these days, they're just struggling against very aggressive objectives, not enough hours in the day. And on the backdrop of this quiet quitting that's slowly starting to creep in now, people are finding that these are very pressurised roles. And and then a lot of the time, the procurement function is seen as that last line of defence to actually make good some, some bad economic situations. There's an upside to the existing staff if it's sold in the right way, if they're set up for success in that new way of working. I think for the outsourcing teams, it's good because they also get the opportunities to go a bit deeper in some of the sourcing categories. I mean, quite a lot of the time, people sort of differentiate between tactical sourcing and strategic, and there's a whole big grey area in between, right? It's always good to have a good talent pipeline and nurturing younger talent to come through in procurement because in as much as you can teach procurement quite quickly, what you really gain in terms of insights is from working with stakeholders and suppliers and and having that time to really immerse yourself in your subject matter. I think the downsides of it is, is obviously that kind of threat of job 
loss and lack of control, which is often a big concern, even if it's not vocalized, it's very apparent. You can see that resistance is very real when you first enter into those outsourcing relationships. And similarly for the outsourcing team, you know, they're very fearful of messing up. They know that this is a big, important client. And actually there's a lot of pressure on them to get it right as well, because as I say, it's it's really difficult to tell somebody they're wrong if you're their client, but it's very easy to tell somebody they're not performing if you're their supplier. I think that's the biggest thing I see. It's those softer skills and it's people's awareness and desensitizing people to that this isn't a threat, right? This is just a new way of working, but it's actually ample opportunity for both sides. One thing that is quite difficult to build that expertise from a third party perspective is the relationship side of things. Mm. As you rightly said beforehand, it's building that relationships with your suppliers. And if your supplier feels valued, and there is a conversation coming up about cost. You're aware of what the value is behind that cost. But then when you outsource it to a third party, they don't really understand that value. They're just looking at the pure cost side of things and they're looking at cost reduction. The many years you've spent time building a good sustainable relationship with a supplier and taking into consideration ESG, looking at slavery in the supply chain, looking at neurodiversity, all of these hot topics that maybe your supplier is taking internally into their agenda and they're addressing that across their supplier base. But then when you make it a transactional relationship, all of that's sort of lost. Yeah, I think there's that hidden cost of the erosion of goodwill. And let's be honest, we've needed an awful lot of that in recent years, goodwill from suppliers to go that extra mile to do that rush order for us, saw that a lot in terms of the pandemic. I think the goodwill of the business to understand and appreciate that the buying landscape has significantly shifted for procurement. And you sort of do that through those personal connects and relationships. And that comes with time and it comes with actually spending quality time with people to build relationships. And I think it is a hidden consequence of outsourcing. And unless you come up with a good strategy for enabling the right environments for the new outsourcing team to foster those relationships with those stakeholders with those key suppliers for themselves and being very supportive and collaborative in that it is kind of a little bit doomed to failure and the relationships between the outsource team and the suppliers can become very kind of clinical and that's where I see things start to fail it's where you normally see the escalations coming in. I was reading an article I'm not going to mention any names but you know, a consumer goods company, they, they spent five years transitioning all their indirect procurement to an outsourcing provider. And then three years after completing the outsourcing project, the company brought all indirect sourcing back in-house. And that really cites poor fit from a company culture perspective and miss savings targets. That was one of the main reasons for their reversing the whole transitioning process. I agree with you. It's what are you outsourcing? And is it strategic or not? And are you taking all the other aspects of procurement into consideration? I think you're right. I think you have to really question why why you are outsourcing, what you're hoping to achieve from it. And if it's freeing up capacity with your own teams to do higher value engagement, that's great. If it is just, it's all a bit of a mess, 
we've got some new acquisitions coming in. We can't figure it out for ourselves, so we'll just give it to somebody else. You can't outsource a problem, right? So I think you have to be very clear about the goals and objectives and enabling that environment to thrive as well. But going into it with your eyes wide open and understanding that just because somebody else is delivering the service for you, you don't abdicate the responsibility for it. And just because that headcount doesn't sit on your budget line, they're still teams and they're still people and they're still members of your extended sourcing team. So the minute people start to see the outsourced team as a separate entity, you're kind of failing before you start, right? I think it's horses for courses a little bit, but you have to really question what are you hoping to achieve from outsourcing? And if it's just purely about price, do your own internal captive because you need people that understand that company culture. It's a hidden currency of getting stuff done. Great insights from another one of our thought leaders. Be sure to share the link far and wide. And of course, I look forward to our next five minutes together. Bye for now and have a great and a productive day.